This podcast is brought to you by our partners at 8 Star Energy. 8 Star Energy, a clean energy company, leading the future of portable and renewable energy. To find out more, follow them on Facebook at 8 Star Energy. I didn't know I was going to do this going in. Like, I, I was thinking about it in the car on the drive into the office to record this. So it was like, he deserves someone to go out there. And he doesn't know I'm doing this. I'm sure he won't listen to it. Um, he needs someone just to remind everyone just how much he did behind the scenes yep. for so many people when he didn't have to. I want attacking purpose for football all the time. Now we're going to have backs against the wall and we're going to fight and we're going to fight hard. You've got to show me all the guts and all the determination you've got in your body. You've got to inspire me. A marvellous kick. That's as good as you'll ever see. And puts Graham back in front. I don't know about you guys, but if I see one bloke walking out of here, keep the paddle back from people out there for a good effort, I'll spill up. From inside the centre square, boys kick the goal. Boys kick the goal. From inside the centre. Hey, Pack, welcome to Danny Boyd, a podcast about the Bulldogs. We're not. They, look, yeah, we're still the greatest football club in the known universe, but we're just. Uh, we're the only football club in our universe worth talking about. You know yeah, I mean? that's a good way to put it. That's yeah. a good way to put it. I'm Danny McGinley. He's Tom Boyd. We're not angry, we're disappointed. Yeah. It's a sad day. It's a sad, sad day in the history of uh, the Western Bulldogs. Um, we always try to be a very positive podcast about the team we love however Mitch Wallace is awesome yeah he's a great friend of the show he's one of your best mates I loved watching him for many years and he's been delisted and look we've we've just had a bit of a chat off air and uh, we promised we were going to be professional but now the mics are on the emotions bubbling up uh, how are you feeling boy have you have you spoken to Mitch how's how's he doing yeah, I mean, um, yeah, so I think everyone on the show knows that Mitch is my best man for my upcoming wedding, and if they don't, well, you now you do. Um, and, uh, and Mitch has been my best mate since, I don't know, probably two months into the footy club. It was just like straight away walked in and we just clicked. Um, and and we, we've connected over a, a thousand different things, but, you know, very recently I've obviously become even closer with, uh, you know, our two children being born within 10 days of each other in Will and Armani. So... Um, mate, it is, yeah, it's sad. And it, I think it's sad for a, for a number of reasons. Obviously, you know, I've, uh, I've always wanted Mitch to do well. And I, I would say that more than anyone that I've ever met, Mitch had probably more excuses not to try as hard as he did in every facet of his life than he actually has. What, what, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, he's a father-son. He's, you know, he's yeah. from a, a very successful family. Um, you know, he's been to a private school. He could have just, you know, waltzed through life and, and and hopefully things worked out. But, you know, he's the complete and utter opposite of that. Like, I remember um, when when Mitch broke his leg uh, and, you know, he was sort of on the comeback trail and um, that, we'll start with the humorous stuff because we'll go into the sadder bits <laughs> and they're, we're going to miss out on later. But so Mitch broke his leg, right, and, you know, he's going through the, the recovery process. He's gotten back to the footy club. He's still not running and... Um, you know, I sat behind him in the meeting rooms, like directly behind him. And Mitch could have mailed it in. Like, in all honesty, he could have, you know, done his rehab to, you know, the degree that he needed to. He, there was absolutely no way in hell he was going to play that season. And instead, he decided that he was going to build the biggest lats on <laughs> on planet Earth. Right. And so... For, and for those who don't, your lats are your back muscles underneath Mitch your arms. Mitch chin-ups more times than he breathed a day. <laughs> and for me, it really helped because it meant that I couldn't see what was on the screen for three quarters of the season and it really just cleared my head. But, like, that is just one indication of, like, when things were optional, Mitch just took it to the nth degree and always wanted to be the guy setting the standard in terms of his physical professionalism. But I think even more so than that, like, you look at Mitch's contributions off the field. For the past... Seven years, I think, at least, he has been um, having young players start at their footy club staying at his house. Oh, really? So, that, so that he can assimilate them into the footy club. And, you know, 
to put it into contrast, some people think I'm a decent bloke. Brent Prismal came to me many times and asked, and I was like, there is no way in hell I'm a young player at my, my house now, <laughs> given at the time I didn't really have a space to put them. But still, there was never really an inkling that I wanted to do that. Weren't you still at your parents' in Ringwood? No, 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 God, no. Well, um, your house was I, being... I spent 10 days in Ringwood. <laughs> that was too much going back to live with mum and dad after getting traded. Um, but he's done that, and he's and you know, like I've met through him since since finishing, or, or sort of as I finished up, like the guys like Cody Waitman and Lathan Vandermeer, and any of the other young boys who've stayed with him over the course of the last little bit. He's actively gone out of his way to introduce them, obviously not only to the team which they're playing with, but ex players and his friends and family, and just giving them a broader sort of circle to connect with, which I think is you know one completely not required of him as a player, but two, just indicative that he wants people to succeed. Yeah. And then I think, you know, for a guy who is, um, you know, has dealt with his fair, fair share of adversity probably and the rest over the last five or six years, including, you know, obviously the broken leg, the significant foot injury this year, the passing of his mother-in-law, which was well publicised, and all the stuff that, you know, probably has gone on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. As we all have in our lives and jobs, there's challenges along the way. He's still been the guy who has driven every part of social connection. Um, he's hosted the events. He's gone out of his way to try and make people's lives more fun at footy clubs when we've either been good, bad or indifferent. You know, he's been the guy who's, um, you know, been the consummate professional through, you know, a hub, through, um, you know, all those injuries that I mentioned. And I just think, yeah, it's just sad to lose someone Regardless of his on-field performance, um, we know that he had a great 2020 in particular. Yeah. Um, but since he's had some – well, he's had some selection slash form issues. I'd and say also, more selection issues whenever I've seen him. I've been very happy with him. Yeah. And, and look, I, I think regardless, like you look at the last three years, take away the footy from the conversation at all. It is very, very rare to see someone come through a football club and have that much of an impact on the broader people. And look, I mean, it's rare that I go on Facebook, by the way. <laughs> But this Should morning, we tell people your fake name? Well, actually, my, I don't know how, but my default on Facebook, this is probably indicative of how much I use it, has yeah. become Danny Boyd. Oh, you're just using our page, eh? Yeah, I just, I don't know. I Do have you have a post? I don't, think, I, think, I don't think you post on No, no, page. no. Uh, Do you have a comment? I saw, I saw, I read what you comment on our behalf. Yeah. Um, but I actually, <laughs> I flicked onto Facebook this morning, probably just out of that weird, like, you know, tick that we all have to look at Instagram or social media. And Mitch's face popped up and I saw the thank you from the club um, and, you know, that he's a heart and soul bulldog who represents what it meant to be through and through red, white and blue. Farewell and thank you, Mitch, for everything. And I was like, you know, it was, it was one, weird seeing him with long hair, um, but two, I think, <laughs> like, retirement posts don't get or farewell posts don't get, you know, 4,000 likes or 4,000 reactions. They don't get 921 comments. And the 921 comments, having scrolled through probably about 150 of them, are all the exact same, which is that the impression that Mitch left on the Bulldogs fans is so overwhelmingly positive. Yeah. And, yeah, I think that's just, you know, it's just sad to see someone like that leave the footy club. Um, Not on their own terms. Yeah, well, exactly. And I mean, I think he mentioned in an interview with Brad Johnson that I read that he was, you know, thinking, and again, I, I have no idea about his future. Again, I am not releasing anything that is not, that's not in the public domain. Yeah. Um, you know, I, Mitch said, you know, that he thought he was going to be here next year. I think he, he, t- he, he I saw him at the footy festival uh, on the week of the grand final. He was, I mean, he was still, I mean, you talk about, you know, all the little things he does. He was making an appearance at the McDonald's kick to kick stand and my, got a photo with my kids and, and I asked him, yeah, you're, you're around next year. And he went, yeah. So it's, yeah, it must yeah. be devastating for him. And, and again, look, I, I haven't, I, my messaging to Mitch forever and always has been since I left the footy club, don't tell me anything that I'm not allowed to talk about because yeah. I, I just don't want to know. And I mean, like everyone loves gossiping, I think, behind the scenes. Oh, but, but all it's, we do. But more so for me, it was just like, I want to be comfortable. I, I like talking about stuff. Whether it's, you know, it's more so in public, but also here. And being able to share my perspective, which isn't jaded by too much um, insider information yeah. at times. Your, so, your deniability is very plausible. Yeah. And I think, you know, for, for him, you know, he mentioned also, if I'm not mistaken, in this article that he did for AFL Media that he thought he was going to be there the following season. And that wasn't the case in the end. And, you know, I think it's just, yeah, 
it's just sad that it didn't end up being the fairy tale that we all wanted it to be, which was Mitch coming back, playing some really good footy, hopefully for the next few years. And then, you know, getting to the point where it was undeniable that either he wasn't up to it physically or that, you know, he was ready to move on and it just didn't end up being that way. That's your fairy tale. Jeez, you, 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 you still got that player mindset. My fairy tale for Mitch is obviously he comes back, dominates, wins the grand final. And then as he's up there after getting the Norm Smith, lifting the cup up, just says, see you dickheads and drops the mic. And that's how he <laughs> retires. <laughs> yeah. Yours is a bit more pie in the sky. You're like, yeah. The, 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 that's the, how us footy fans are, Tom. The possumism. Posi- no, no, this is all positive. At this time it's of year, optimism. I'm, yeah. pure optimism right there. I mean, look, I, I, I would have said something like, you know, when you came to the club, just going, wouldn't it be great if he, he kicks the winner in a grand final just to shut it, shut all the critics up? And then you did. It was yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Well, ignore what happened after. With the, you know, you know, read his book if you want to know what, what goes on. But if that book ended there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, I mean, look, it's just, it is what it is. This is part of, you know, the unfortunate nature of footy. But I, I would just say, given that, you know, we're, we're clearly going to become a younger group next year, it would seem. You know, the sort of senior, more senior players are sort of dwindling away over the past seven or six or five or six years, probably yeah. since the, the premiership. And Mitch being, you know, a really significant part of that. It, it would seem to me that having someone like him in the building would make sense. But um, again, I'm not in the building. I'm not privy to the internal workings of the building. And I just, yeah, I just want the best for my mate, obviously, who, you know, I've been you know, best friends with for the past six, seven years. So. Have you seen this depressing photo? I'll put this on our socials. Uh, it was sent to me in my WhatsApp group. Have you seen that? It's a photo of the 2016, moments after the 2016 Premiership, and it's the team celebrating with the Cup, and all the players that are left are in black and white, and the four or five remaining There's are in colour. six that remain. Six, so we got Libba, Bont, McRae, Tobes. JJ. JJ, and... Caleb. Caleb. And this is not a shot at Caleb. He's very deep in the photo here, so he's like... <laughs> Colour footprint is quite small, so that may have been why you missed him. Well, no, there was another one where they couldn't get where McRae couldn't be seen. Oh, right. My theory is he took the photo, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) we'll put that on our socials. It's uh, it's look, it's it's harrowing, uh, but let's not forget it also comes from the best memory that us as Bulldogs fans have that we have won one. You know, we look at as as bad as my mantra this past week has been through all the players leaving that I love and you know seemingly some underhanded messaging coming from upper management at least we're not Hawthorne at least we're not Essendon at least we're not St Kilda yeah and look I look I want to be clear I still love this club and I still want it to do really well I just think you know um, yeah, I also love Mitch and I want him to do well. Yeah. And, you know, Mitch made, and, and this is a direct quote from him, so now I can't get in trouble, but he said, you know, he was caught off guard. It was a bit of a surprise, quote unquote. He had surgery halfway through the year and there was a fair indication that things were going to continue on next year. I sort of made plans and preparations for that to happen. And by sort of, I'm sure he means I actually made plans yep. and preparations for that to happen. And obviously there was a bit of player moving to the dogs and he thought he'd be there next year. So... You know, he said it was a shock. Um, but look, he's, you know, he's, his indication, again, we haven't spoken about this. Um, uh, I haven't spoken to him about his future in the game at all. Not one bit, I can say that honestly. I've only spoken to him about, you know, what I see for him long term and the, you know, massive contributions he's going to make outside of footy. So, um, you know, he's what, based... What, what does he do outside of footy? What, what, what career is he going to move into coaching, player development, or is he going... I, I would suggest he'll... Once he wipes his hands of the, his football career, he will move outside of football. But... Is he going to work with his dad? His dad's got the car dealership? No, his dad doesn't have the car dealerships anymore. Oh, Mitch has got him. Uh, he's studying his MBA. So, again, like, he's a pretty well-rounded individual. Yeah. He's, he's doing one of the more difficult degree uh, degrees to do in terms of a master's whilst playing footy and being vice-captain and having two children and et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> like, he's an incredibly capable man. And, um, you know... Again, this is why this is good Then I can come on here and talk about it because I haven't, again, asked Mitch about it. But the quotes that he's given in this article that I'm reading from The Hanger or The Zero Hanger, whatever that is, oh, yeah. is that, you know, he's still got that burning desire to play um, and he'll see what's out, what else is out there. Um, and again, to see, you know, a favourite son of the, the West playing for another club would be heartbreaking. However, if 
given what he's given to our club and, and obviously the impact that I've seen, at least socially, um, and what I know that he's given to the players and the fans over the years, we just want what's best from him, obviously, and whatever he desires. And who knows? Who knows what will happen? I assume he's going to end up at Geelong just because every single player has ended up at Geelong. I think they've got a squad of 60 now. <laughs> it does feel like that, doesn't it? <laughs> I remember talk- and all the draft picks. I remember talking to some... Like, it, it is... It's almost an unspoken um, truth of the AFL that, and, and this is not in regards to Mitch, but in terms of like really significant players, are they are willing to take a pay cut to go just chill out in Geelong? <laughs> because the culture down there is, you know, do what you need to, don't do extras, as in like don't, you, know, you don't need to be at the footy club for 80 hours a week, just do what you yeah. need to to get up for a game. They're very sort of strong in their culture of um, sticking together. The town down there is vastly different in terms of living there than it is living in Melbourne. It is weird how they've, you know, sort of created almost their like little regional hub down there that's really <laughs> successful. Yeah. Like you couldn't, you couldn't imagine. I mean, Geelong's is Geelong the biggest region. It's not the biggest. I think Shepparton's bigger than Geelong, isn't it? Or is it? Or is Geelong bigger in Victoria? Yeah, no, Geelong's bigger. Ge- so Geelong's yeah. the biggest regional hub. Uh, is it in non-capital city? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah okay, definitely. Uh, but, it's not in Australia. The biggest non. Do you know the biggest non-capital city in Australia? Uh, I'm gonna. Should I guess? You can guess. Is it like? Um, Ipswich or something like that. No, but it is Queensland. Okay. Um, Bundaberg? No. 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 You no. kick yourself. Okay. Gold Coast. Is that considered a regional? It, it is. Yeah. Uh, okay. Different city. Makes sense. Even though. Like, can we, if we exclude that, you know what's actually next? Because that would probably make more sense. What, Newcastle or something? Yeah, like? probably would be Newcastle. Yeah. Right? But if you drive from Brisbane to Gold Coast, the, the buildings never stop. No. It's pretty much the same city. It's now. just that it only goes in like. You know, five hundred meters yeah. up the coast, <laughs> hence the Gold Coast bit. Anyway, um, we digress. Anyway, we do digress. But yeah, when when can we get Mitch back on here to uh, to celebrate his career? Not to not to pour scorn over. Well, we'll he because Mitch wouldn't do that. He will leave the cynicism to us here. Uh, I'm sure Mitch will be very unlikely to come onto this podcast again, given that he's now not playing for the Bulldogs. You don't. You can be an ex player. He to could get be. On. He could be. We'll what, see. What if we just... offer him a nice? Tall glass of custard. <laughs> I brought that up again the other day. So we're not talking about custard anymore. Um, no, he. Um, I, uh, without disclosing any more internal information, he will have a nice break with the family, a well-deserved one after a crazy year, and and just reset. And you know, I, I'm sure the process from here. I, I think. I mean. The delisted free agency period goes forever, basically, doesn't it? Like <laughs> oh, you, go- you've still got you're you're, you're still no, no no no. I was in it goes. Um, yeah, I think it goes till the preseason draft ish sort of time, doesn't it? Because yeah, it know. has to go past the draft. Otherwise, it makes no sense. Sure. Because otherwise, how are you supposed to like draft players and then access the free agents afterwards and get oh, your lift course. spots right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think probably. You know, when's the draft? It's usually mid-November. It's like a month yep. away. So given that, look, I can tell you Mitch is still training like a maniac, so that helps. Um, and getting his foot right, which is good. So, And that's, you know, I'm sure as much for footy as it is for life. You want to be able to walk around and, yes. you know, run around with his lovely daughter who's growing every day. So, um, yeah, I'd be interested to see where the sort of dust settles with him in the next little while. I'll have a good break. And, yeah, I'm sure, you know, what if I'm going to advertise for him, He's the perfect suitor for any club that wants yes. an awesome person yeah. and unbelievable leader um, in their four walls. Yeah, like he's such a non-dickhead that Sydney Swans, with their famous no dickheads policy, could get five dickheads and Mitch would, would, yeah, would uh, neutralise them. them all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like a yeah. He's like a he, he's a dickhead neutraliser. He's a negative five dickhead. <laughs> Whatever you just said, you could you they could they could bring in Kyle Sandilands to play for the Sydney Swans and Mitch Mitch are there and it's still no dickhead. I must say I'm, I haven't heard a single word out Kyle in about ten years because I just don't listen to. No, I just picked a random. Steve Price could play. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. Do you know he's that angry little man? He's on the project and he's the one who wrote the article in the Herald Sun about how AFLW is just the worst. Oh yes, I do remember. I worked with him for ten years. He's um, not a fun person. I remember that article. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say get Mitch in, and particularly if you've got a lot of young boys, because Mitch is just awesome with the young boys. But again. I'm only going off. I haven't. Mitch has not explicitly said the words about anything that he wants to do next year. It's no. me. Um, Except play. 
Except that, no, he didn't even say that to me. Oh, I'm finding mean? that out in this article, and this okay. is how our relationship works. <laughs> Don't talk to me because I talk in public too much. So you do you. If you want like broader life advice or life discussions, come to me and I will talk in like pseudonyms so that we say that. This is what it's like, people. A lot of people ask, you know, what's Tom like to hang out with? There's just a lot of disclaimers before. I have to sign an NDA before yeah. even uh, coming around for a coffee. Yeah, uh, multiple NDAs. Um, no, it's, I just, I, I can't stand, you know what I can't stand? I can't stand... Um, Ex-players who, like, there's, there's ex-players who've gone into the media who do a really good job. There's ex-players who go into the media who do a very poor job, in my mm-hmm. opinion. And that's just from an execution point of view. Agreed. And then I feel like there's this other, like, sort of ring of players who live on the, the sort of precipice of the ecosystem of the AFL. Me being one of them, in terms of, like, I do connect, we do this podcast. I still, you know, I was on AFL media doing yep. um, the inside Game or oh, did you do the inside game? Is that what I it's love called? That with Sarah Ollie. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's great, by the way. I actually was really, really impressed. Yeah, she's cool. Um, I worked with her once at a different luncheon, um, and it was a panel, so I didn't really get to see her at her best because she was sort of just distributing questions. Yeah. Um, but for for us, we sat down for probably an hour and a bit. She was really, really good. So I don't know when that comes out, but that's a really good podcast. Good. I'm, I'm excited about that because Beck Goddard used to host that and oh, right. and spoke to like club psychologists and nutritionists for. For a footy nerd like me, hearing that info was fantastic. Yeah, it was like a big, it was sort of like the performance focus or mindset sort of thing that you, and we obviously spoke quite a bit about mental health and the challenges of dealing with, you know. Were you just doing your, your regular gear or did she get some fresh stuff out of you? No, it was a bit, it was actually a few other things. I, I probably gave more commentary on the industry than I have. Um, yeah, nice. I mean, I have done a lot of commentary in the industry, I'd say in more like private forums as in, you know, speaking arrangements or, or whatever it is. Down the pub. No, no, I don't talk footy at the pub. Um, no, I, I probably don't. I probably haven't given as much industry insight. Like one of the things that you know we spoke about yesterday, not as a uh, not as a spoiler, was really around this whole like attention thing, which is the AFL. And I don't know if we've spoken about it here before, but the AFL is driven by attention. Oh, okay, and when yeah. you know and. That's what paid my bills and what's paying all of the bills of the players that are going on. It's the people watching on the screen, so the advertisers. The eyeballs, right. as they say. Bums on seats, eyes on screens is yep. the way I like to describe it. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I think is really an interesting um, thing for young players in particular, the balance is if they go out and seek all the extra attention, particularly on social media, then, you know, inherently some of that attention, if not most of it, given that social media, will be negative. Um, and so you, you can either go in eyes wide open and be like, all right, I'm going to make sure that I'm like 100% ready for that or I'm just going to go in and hope that it's going to be a really friendly place. And <laughs> that, I would say, is naive. You yeah. know what I mean? So we spoke a little bit about that, which I thought was interesting um, and how it's changed over the course of my career because it was really different when I came into the league around social media in particular. But anyway, we're oh, not man. here to talk about that. Did, uh, did you plug Danny Boyd on the inside game? Uh, I did mention that I do some podcasting, I think. That is not a plug. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have every dogs fan on earth that follows this podcast. We are pretty niche. By the way, um, if you know a dogs fan who listens to podcasts who doesn't listen to us, Tell them to do it. Yeah. There you go. That's how you do a plug. Yeah, well, they call it on um, uh, on the McAfee show is be a friend, tell a friend. Oh, good. I like that. That's good, isn't it? Yeah. Be a friend, tell a friend. Now, um, let's keep going because trade period is, okay, is yes. not all um, really, really sad news in, in Mitch to uh, some also not great news. We've gone from a club that had at least six six father-sons yep. to, uh, to three now with, um, with the departures of Lockie Hunter and uh, Zane Cordy, uh, two premiership should, players, by the way. Should Sam Darcy be worried? Are we just getting rid of anyone related to anyone else? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Raleigh West. Sam Isabel Darcy. Grant, see ya. Uh, no, nah, Everyone sorry. gone. <laughs> we don't like the family nature of this football club anymore. No, I, um, no I'm, sure they, well, I'm sure Sam shouldn't be worried. He's, um, you know, he's, he's in a great place. And Riley's played some really good footy. I, it was funny with Riley because when he came in, I was like, it's rare to see someone – like, he's really short. For starters, yeah. Like, but he's just and he and it, when I remember when he first got there, his kicking perhaps wasn't quite up to standard. Don't know where it's at now. Haven't watched enough of his footy, but he's just got that tenacity, you know. For one of a not to make a terrible pun, he has that sort of dog in him. You know what I mean? 
Which, yeah, which is, you know, he's sort of got that, you know, he's got the, what's the, the fight in the dog sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, sad to see to see Zane and 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 Lockie go. We saw um, we obviously spoke about Zane. I think probably two weeks ago once he'd signed with St Kilda, and then Lockie getting traded to Melbourne sort of last minute. Um, we did speak about this on the Patreon, I believe. So we did, yeah, about Lockie's trade. Um, in, well, just in terms of the fact that he was the sort of catalyst for about seventy five other players moving. Yeah, if you want some more insider info, less less uh, NDAs, uh, yeah. please get on board the Patreon. Um, we've made we've started a new thing where uh, Boydie has to answer at least one question ridiculously honestly, including uh, we're finding out which clubs approached him after he retired. There was a big bombshell last week, uh, and if you sign up, you get all of the um, a big bombshell. Big bombshell. Hey, I'm. Huge bombs. Uh, these are called plugs, Boydie. This is sizzle. This is what gets people to do it, not just say, I do some podcasts. I've never made decisions based on money in my entire life, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Maybe one. Maybe one. Maybe one. What happened? Anyway. It turned out all right. You know. uh, yeah, losing Charlie Parker as well is mostly sad. We never got to see him play. I, I love the footage of him going nuts when he got drafted. And yeah. we had the nickname ready, the bird. So, yeah. It's just. Uh, and Lewis Butler as well. Butler's gone. Uh, we used to. And, and Stefan Martin, who I was just reading before, we actually went off air for about a good old five minutes looking for a stat. About how we've gone from six uh, father sons to three, and what that actually meant in the mm-hmm. grand scheme of things, didn't find it. But what we did find, or I did find, was that Stephen Martin was like the third oldest player to ever debut in an AFL grand final. Yeah, or fourth maybe. No, play their f- play their f- yeah the debut. So debut that so debut grand final or whatever yes. is, is the way they framed it in the tweet. But yeah, play their first grand final. Yeah. And Matty Boyd was another who was right up there. Yeah. So these are good stats. We'll follow at Sir Swamp Thing. If at you Sir don't, Swamp Thing, but you should. Um, so, but okay, we bring in uh, Rory Lobb. I have a question for you, Boydie, mm-hmm. about because uh, I was, I was, I've watched the the final day trades with like uh, Jager O'Meara going over to Frio. Yep. When and like, then there was suddenly footage of Jager at the Dockers training ground. Yes, but Jager's from Perth. Don't so he was just there. You reckon? Uh, I would say he. He knew. was there on holiday. Well, look, I think Hawthorne basically said everyone's open for sale. So <laughs> we're getting rid of everyone. So he just went. Luke, I mean, Luke Bruce is like the only player over the age of like 21 that's still there. Feels yeah, like. yeah, which is great. We've got to enjoy these golden years yeah. where Hawthorne are going to be a, a, an absolute ruckus. Uh, but, okay, my question is, Rory Lobb, there's some great footage of him uh, wearing a Bulldogs jumper. Now, would someone have flown over to meet with him from the club and give him that jumper for the photo shoot? Or did they send him to, like, the AFL shop? Uh, someone would have just bought it and got it mailed to his house, pres- presumably. Or his manager would have. Um, yeah, okay. That's what we pay those people for. Yeah. But um, I must say, never really heard of someone buying a property in a different state under contract, presuming a trade's going to go through. <laughs> Like never heard. So he's of that. bought a house, has he? In well, Perth? He, yeah, this is very well publicized. This okay. is um, this is was all over the paper. He bought a one point something million dollar property in South Yarra for his partner, and his partner had moved in <laughs> in South Yarra. And I was like, "That's ballsy." Yeah. Given that you still have two years on your deal, but evidently so a one point something million flat in South Yarra. So yeah. what, that's a that's a studio. It's probably <laughs> um, one bedroom. It's probably like you know nine by nine meters <laughs> sort of thing. Three story, but yeah. nine by nine. With Let's just say Caleb Daniel's the only person who could sleep. He's got an internal bed. lift that, like, yeah, God, South Yarra is just crazy. I can't. I, I lived there when I first got back to to Melbourne, and it was just it's just a carnage area. Anyway, for all of you South Yarians, none of which I'm sure support the Bulldogs, so <laughs> don't worry. Um, but yeah, I mean, is it, I, I must say. You did teach me a, or, or give me a good piece of advice, which is just turn the radio off for the first six days or eight days of trade period because it. it's all rubbish. Yeah. But like watching, watching uh, like the the Lockie, Josh Dunkley, Rory Lobb, um, uh, uh, Tom Mitchell. Oh yes. Like Jager O'Meara, all of the like these guys are all you know relatively. They're I mean pretty much all of them are either like best and fairest winners. I think. Yeah. Or, except for probably Rory, uh, and significantly paid players, and they all go through in the last, like, 20 minutes of trade period, all, like, hinging on what ended up being a future third-round selection. Yeah, which... And, and we were talking about on the, the Patreon that, you know, who's going to use a third round or whatever, but I'm suddenly now filled to the absolute brim 
with optimism. Because let's not forget the greatest uh, draft pick late in the draft of all time. Toby McLean. No, he was no. quite high. Way better than that. Chris Grant, pick 105. Oh, yeah. He, uh, he is the, uh, the fairy tale story, isn't he? So whenever we get a pick, I wonder how many picks over 100 we've done in our history. I wonder history. how long since there's been a pick over 100 that has happened. Because once you pass, you're out of the draft. Right. And you only have to take three players yeah. each year. So you have to delist or relist three players. So the way that works, at least, you know, unless it's changed, and I am completely unaware, but they I'm pretty sure change. it's the change. So you can delist, say, do you remember what we did with Rourke? So we oh, delisted yeah. Rourke and then relisted him. That, so, but that means he's on the open market. Yeah. So anyone could have picked him up, but we you know, committed that we were going to re-pick him up. So that still counts as a new player because he went back into the draft yeah, since he okay. came out. Yep. Um, but there has to be three changeover every year. And I think you know, one, one interesting thing is at least the kids coming out this year played footy, which you know, gives me hope that hopefully our recruiting team can pick up. Um, and I'm not, I'm not saying our previous ones were no good. It's just that imagine being a recruiter when there has been no junior football for two years. Yeah, you've you got to watch their uh, – you got they've got to play AFL Evolution on PlayStation yeah, and, it, yeah, and send yeah, your videos exactly. in. <laughs> yeah. what, what was the new one called? Wasn't there a, a, another one that they, um, they, re- they were going to release, an AFL game? I think it's just, you know, Evolution's the latest, latest one. Uh, I don't know. AFL 2010 was the one I was thinking of. <laughs> oh, see, like, I'm so old. old like anyone, anyone of, like, I'm just going to say uh, uh, six words that uh, anyone my generation can hear it. Out of bounds, on the fall. Does that mean anything to you? Well, I didn't have a PlayStation. This uh, is a Nintendo a, entertainment system. Or a Nintendo. Or I didn't have a single entertainment system my entire life. Didn't you? Actually, I bought one when I played footy. Like at 21 or whatever. See, this is how you get to be number one draft pick. No distraction with video games. My old man, so way back in the day, there used to be these like points, like freaking flyer points basically, but you got them through the business, like through buying stuff because dad owned a commercial electrical business. Yep. So if you bought from this wholesaler, they'd have like points and then you could buy stuff off like a catalogue. Yeah. Exact same as you know, Qantas. Flybys or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah. Yep. And um, he once... Got himself because he was adamant we were not going to get one, and then anyway, he ended up buying a PlayStation for us. How old were you? Probably twelve. Yeah. I didn't find out about this until I was eighteen, by the way. All right, because he put it in the box, like at angles, like at our holiday home, thinking if we're really sick one year, he'll pull it out just to like you know distract us. It never left the box. Oh, ever, harsh. ever. <laughs> and then I found it when I was like. 20 or 18 or something. I was like, what is this daddy? He goes, mate, been in there for 10 years. Oh, my God. <laughs> Another piece of the puzzle falls into place. What a horrible Adam, story. That's how Adam and dad was. And he's like, you know, I'll never let my kids play that. It was hilarious. So what did you grow up playing? I know you got Danish heritage. Was it just Lego? Uh, Bionicles were big in my family. That's, that's Lego. That's Lego, it? yeah, yep. as well. Um, yeah, Lego and Duplo, obviously, when we were younger. A lot of sport, a lot of outside stuff, of course. Um, bike riding, surfing, swimming, all that sort of business. But what about toys? Did you just have a ball and a cup on a string? Um, now, nah, me and Dad just used to keep the footy pretty much. Okay, you know? like since I was like four. We what about sh- what about at night time? Uh, oh, we the way we structured our sleeping. This is actually oh, yeah, no. was um. As we got older, the like evolution of it, like every six to 12 months, we'd try and negotiate a later bedtime as yeah. you do when you're a kid. <laughs> this is why and, you're good at contracts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is actually, this is so going to be so far into kids these days, which I don't know if any listen to this podcast, so it's all good. But we negotiated based on like TV time slots. So at yeah, four yeah. o'clock or whatever, it was like ABC Kids. Yes. And then I can't remember, the five o'clock, it might have been like a specific show for that half an hour slot. Yeah. And then there was some other specific show. And then it was like, okay, now we're at the 6 p.m. mark. It's like The Simpsons is on. Yes. So can we watch The Simpsons? We got to an age where we were allowed to watch The Simpsons. Okay. Yeah. Then it was Neighbours. Really? 6.30. Oh, that would have been disappointing after The Simpsons. Uh, it was, well, it felt like an adult show to us when we were, you know, 13 or whatever. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then Home and Away at 7, away. 7.30. So when are your parents watching the news? See, my parents were militant. No, nah, no, no. They'd watch an SBS news. No, nah, they used to pull to listen to it on the radio. Doing it. Um, and then, uh, and then once we got a bit older, my parents, because my parents never watched the soapies with us. They, uh, they'd come down and we'd watch, there was like NCIS was like our- Really? Once we're, well, this is again, once we're like 15, 16. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it was like Supernatural was big in our household. Really? Yeah. 
So that's how, but that, like, that was like, what time are you going to bed? Well, Supernatural runs from 8.30 till 9.30 or whatever it is, or 8 till 9, and you're going to bed after that. So, Even when you're like 15? Uh, I can't remember exactly when like the, you know, the next stage happened. But. Wow. Well, to give you my insight, because my parents are, were old when they had me, like my dad was 42 when yep. I was born. By the time I was about 12, 13, no bedtime. Like he went to bed. They went to bed before me. Oh, really? Yeah. So yeah. it was just free reign. We're pretty pretty structured in our household. But then, like you know, I I was playing sports seven nights a week. By the time that yeah, I was, okay. or seven days a week. By the time I was fourteen, so I didn't really have the issue of like being up too late. And then also, you know, I was a massive study nerd, so I was also spending all my time in my books just trying to get ahead for the next day so I could go and play sport after school. And <laughs> so anyway, so th- th- that's who we're drafting. <laughs> Hopefully we can find one of them. I don't know if any of them exist anymore given the streaming services that have come on board. But oh, yeah. Yeah, no, kids these days will never know the excitement of – my parents used to say, all right, next ad, you've got to go to bed. Yes. Next ad. Next See? ad. But then they'd forget. Yeah. Then, then you'd you... be halfway through the ad break and you'd be like making eyes at your brother going, don't say anything. Don't you Can't work. say anything. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> or, or if you have a vindictive older brother like I did, if we had separate bedtimes, which we did for a while, wasn't Danny supposed to go to bed next, Dad? Oh, you prick. <laughs> it was a bit, yeah, exactly, because what – we um, we um, we mustn't have had it for long, but there was very brief periods where you know my parents worked out this didn't work very well pretty quickly. But it was like you know Tom and Georgia, the older two, you can stay up, but Tessie, you got to go to bed, and <laughs> yeah. then Tessie kicked up a stink, and that didn't last. So yeah. um, anyway, we're back to back to Western Bulldogs after that brief uh, <laughs> diversion from uh, normal programming. Yeah, just a, well, that's a segment we called an insight into Bo- why Boydie is the way he is. Why Boydie was drafted number one. Basically, yes. that's exactly the why. Because I did nothing with my life except for schools and sport. Um, You're our what, favourite robot. How how are we going to mentally spin this for the supporters of the Western Bulldogs to get us yes. into a space? Okay. You've got to think of uh, people like uh, Linda, who's head of the membership department. And we I don't know if we've – I'm pretty sure we've said this on the podcast. Linda West is the best person at the footy club. She's – you see her there at the cheer squad. She's the most patient woman in football. She's the one who – if you ring up – to complain about something with your membership and you ask to speak to the manager, you will get to Linda. And she is so switched on and so lovely and so understanding. And once again, she has the hardest job in footy. How do you spin this for a membership drive next year? Um, in years gone by, perhaps when I was you know, a younger man, I may have had any understanding of what's going on in the draft other than that I think... Ashcroft or something is getting drafted number one. Yes, no, that's, that is true. That's pretty much all I know. And he's got, ni- he's got nice hair, is what I will say. <laughs> like, that's about the extent of my drafting knowledge. Well, what I do, do you want, okay, let me give you a bluffer's guide. This is how you so, make it sound like you know about the draft. Just do a lot of, oh, it's tight. Yeah, you go, after Ashcroft, oh, it's tight, but then go, it really is a super draft. Yeah, no, no, no. See, this is the mistake that you make. This is how you actually do it, because I've, okay, I've, I've had to actually do this. So, obviously, Ashcroft is, uh, Ashcroft is the front runner, but, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, with the sort of the how, how stacked up it is post-pick one, whether we see a lot of key position players go early in the draft, or if clubs have learned their lesson from previous drafts where, you know, these, these young key position players who look really good at the lower level struggle to translate that into the senior game. Oh, you're good. See, I know how to oh, do look it. Look at this. And then, you know, is our club's going to take the punt on, you know, the, the early Ruckman. You know, we haven't seen, you know, many Ruckman work out early in the draft that have been taken, you know, and for the ones who do, like a Tim English at the Western Bulldogs, it takes a few years to get them in and, and players and clubs and coaches are going to want success now. Yep. So that's what I think about this year's draft. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Not bad. What pick have we got? We got pick. Uh, don't know. Yeah, all right. Probably somewhere in the realms of like, uh, if I had to guess, what about pick nine, 13? thirteen. Oh no, we traded up, didn't we? Because of the dunks thing. Yeah, nine. Let's say nine. Let's say roughly pick nine. Who knows what we're going to get? We will report back on it. Uh, oh, we were going to. We were supposed to review the AFL. Men's no, no. We season. said we were going to. We said we were going to do a, a real breakdown of trade period. Oh, okay, good session. Don't worry. All right, sweet. Okay, cool. let's I don't do want this. to deny anyone. So, do we have any fan questions? I'm sure we have a few. Any that we can actually answer? Because if we do, I'll do a couple of spins of like how we can actually be optimistic about next year. Okay, uh, we don't actually. Ha- I mean, most of them are just. 
people are just wanting the the only questions I'm getting are ones that you can't answer. Like, okay. what is actually happening with yeah, insert players being name. traded and yes. and and cut and you know yeah, what's yeah. actually happening at every footy club ever, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. like it's always organised chaos at every footy club all the time. Totally. Right? And do you know what these questions are actually? The, the, if you if you read down into it, what pretty much every fan wants is tell me it's going to be okay. Or yeah, or yeah, exactly. Or where are we going? Where are we which, going? Which I and must tell say, me it's going to be okay. So give us the positive spin. Well, let, let me let me just say, for the first time in my um, time as an ex-player, I would say that the fans are more aligned in the questions they're asking than they ever have been. Just from my sort of pie in the sky view, is in there going, why? Like, what is actually going on with our list? Like, why are we getting and losing these players? I think that's like mm-hmm. that's that hasn't been really a question that we've asked over the last five years. Because we've always sort of been optimistic. We've got the list. We just need to translate it on the field. Yes. Doesn't feel like we're as confident this year. We're the least confident as we've been in a while. Yes. Um, I would say more than ever, there's been questions about the volatility. Like, they're like, why is all this stuff happening? It yep. doesn't seem to make any sense. Yep. And also, I would say um, there's been more commentary about... Losing, yeah, losing senior good players of our footy club this year, in particular. Yes. Know? So, how can I spin it? Um, Do you have a plan here? Are you are you, sp- are you in pro in here? No, no, I, I think there are some really significantly good things that we do have in, okay. on our list. And I would say for the first time in the history of the Western Bulldogs Football Club that I can remember, given that I only came in 2014. That's true. I mean, you, the fact that you're saying Western Bulldogs Football Club just shows you're a, it's a Footscray Football Club. Yeah, I'm all, for, Western Bulldogs. I'm all for Footscray, mate. Footscray. Just, you know, well, like, use oh, our name properly. Well, you know, whatever. It's on the back. It's, I'm looking at a, a, a literal <laughs> bag of you know, Aaron Norton, Caleb Daniel, Jack McRae and Marcus Pontebelli, it says Western Bulldogs. Twice. On one side of it. <laughs> they are so confused as to what... Look, so, I'll, I'll take a photo so people can see on our socials what bag he's talking about. There we go. Anyway. So, we, for the first time since I've ever looked at the list of the Western Bulldogs football club, actually have a really decent array of tall players. Yes. Which is crazy. Because that's never been the case. So, yes. we have... Um, I have significant confidence that Tim can now hold down the number one ruck position. I my only concern would be that I'm not convinced from the very little, by the way, that I've seen of Rory Lobb is that he's super keen on ruck. I think he much more sees himself as a forward, right? Which is good, but we need someone to take thirty percent of that because Tim can go forward and take a catch as well. So yeah. they're going to have to work that out between the two of them. They're both like two hundred and seventy-five centimeters. That should help, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> <laughs> if you look at the body compositions, like Tim started like Rory and now look what Tim looks like and Rory started like Rory and Rory still looks like Rory. So he obviously likes being lighter and springy, yeah, okay. right? Yep. Um, Sam Darcy had a good start to the year. A couple of like, I would say, you know, confidence moments in the finals Yeah, that, you know, were very clear. Um, Jamara, I think, showed a bit more and he's, he's going to benefit from a better side, I would say, more yes. than any of the other players. Yes. He's going to... Because he's just sort of this... You know, at this age, mercurial sort of player. Yeah, um, well, when we play well, he plays well. Yep. Like, look at when we beat the Ds by yep. 10 points. I still think if you look at a fit Bontempalli, McRae, Smith, Trelaw midfield, it's in the top handful in yes. the league. So that Great. helps. Um, we're going to have some interesting things happen down back with the loss, obviously, of Zane, seeing whether it's a, a, a Keith Jones... Oh, background. Of Jones coming in, yeah. It, but, you know, Keithy obviously at this uh, at times this year probably looked like he'd lost a step to the year before. Yep. We'll be interested to see if Jones is what he was when he left because he was really, really good, particularly on the big boys, like on the Hawkins of the world. He yep. played really well against them. So that's good. I mean, we still have Caleb, uh, Caleb Daniel and Ballydale coming off half back, which is something that most teams don't say, can't say they have. Yep. So... Yes, we have a few holes. Uh, we still, oh, my God, I missed out on probably our most important player, Tom Liberatore. There still, you go. I was wondering you know, he's what just, you were. just played his probably best season in yep. five or six years. I mean, he did have a good twenty twenty one campaign. Not to mention, can we redo the best and fairest now that Dunkley's left? Well, I don't. I didn't even know any of the votes. So just like you know how we all sort of, it's just a tacit agreement now between Bulldogs fans that the AFLW Premiership captain was Ellie Blackburn, even though technically it was Katie Brennan, but it was Ellie Blackburn. Yep. 
Can we just say the 2022 best and fairest was Libba? It was like two votes or something, wasn't it? Sure. Yeah. I don't know. It was very close. Anyway, like Tom at his best is just, he is the biggest value add probably yes. and least rated around the league or promoted around the league of any midfielder in the competition. It's the dictionary definition of an X factor. Yeah. And, you know, heart and soul sort of sort yep. of stuff. So, again, you look at that group of five midfielders, you look at the, the couple of halfbacks to drive. Um, could it be interesting to see how JJ goes, um, see if he finds his spark again as, as a halfback or, or potentially as a half forward. Um, you know, mention the, the sort of five or six big guys up front through the middle of the ground and the, obviously the two big boys down back. I mean, that's a, there's some, that's a pretty good list of players. That yeah. I suppose my question and the question for all Bulldogs player, uh, members and star, uh, fans is where the other eight? What do, what do the other eight look like? Who are they? You know, is Cody going to have a really, really good year next Latham year? Is Leith going to find his, you know, real rhythm and play every single week? Obviously, Ed Richards had a good year this oh, year. I love Ed. Buku, is he going to have a really, really good season and yep. break out as an intercept defender that, you know, sort of will replace the Eastern Wood of old? Oh. Well, that would be Richards is very good at that. Yeah, that well. too. But, I mean, Buku's a little bigger and a bit more springy, I would say. Um, Use them both. It's yeah, fine. that's what I'm saying. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, I think it's just the, are we going to be all on the same page? And uh, is that last seven or eight players going to be, who are they? And what are they going to look like? What are they going to look like next year? Are we going to get the same out of the players who played well this year and better out of the other ones? Or not? Because losing Josh through the middle is going to be significant, given yeah. he's our best and fairest. So it's going to require some stepping up from the rest of the midfield. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just still a lot of questions. But the hope, I would say, is that we still have, you know, 15 really, really good players, maybe 13 or 12 or whatever. But and we might – well, and, and people like Buku and Eds on their day – can dominate well, and they're making massive steps forward. Like yeah. Bailey Dale didn't have the same year this year as he did last year, but he still had a really good year. Yeah. So the idea is you take, you know, you have a breakout year and then you kind of hold it. You know, hopefully you just keep going like Bond, of course. But um, you know, you you hold it and then you continue to sort of improve year on year on year until you get to the peak of your career, and then you try and hold on as long as you can. So that's what we would be hoping for, I'd say, across the board. But yeah, there's definitely players to be optimistic about. We just have to play well together and that yes. is always and forever will be the greatest challenge of being a good AFL side. Yeah, we've got a mate. The people that you worship each week, we worship as well. We hope, given the past few days, that the, the running of the club is going in the direction that we don't... Do you, do you, here's a final question. Do you think they're going to come out and actually talk about... I mean, I just saw that they, they'd opened it up to questions to Sam Power, right? I'm like, oh, have you got any questions? And you email it to this email address. I'm like, that's going to be the most filtered thing of all email, time. Yeah. But do you feel like that, um, you know, a meet or Luke or Granty or whoever's in charge down there is going to... Or Kylie or any of them are going to come out and say, look, this, where, this is where we're at. You know, there's a lot of questions in the fan base. Um... You know, and this is why all this stuff's happened, or are they just going to be like, we'll just hopefully win next year and winning all cure? cure all. Absolutely the second one. Yeah. This club. Which I hate the lack of transparency. Now that I'm not on the inside, the lack of transparency is frustrating. Yes. Like, <laughs> I actually, you know, I don't mind when they go, look, we're not where we want to be. Like, we think we have a better list than where we finished this year. Yep. Say and, that, please, yes. Yeah, and these are the reasons why we didn't get there and some of it was within our control. We made some mistakes. I mean, no one's ever going to say that, but... No, but it would be great if they did. Feels like players have to say it, though. No, but play- Oh, God, if you imagine if a player Just, said that, the, no, but the players bollocking have, they'd but, get. But players have to say, like, if they ask Bont, like, why is things not working? Bont has to say, yeah, we're not playing at our full capacity or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But... And, and you know, we as we as a midfield group, we own that. Like he's he said that I'm guaranteeing the media. Does yeah, sure, know. but he read the auto cue that the media manager no had set up behind him. Um, but the, the, yeah, they don't they don't come out there and they don't yeah. There's like, there's just like vague phrases like in the emails just saying we after a disappointing year we're excited that we can go back. It's just like, come on, treat us like adults. Yeah, treat us like members of the club. Yeah, I do feel like that at times. It would be, I mean, like, even little things like, how do you get on the board? You know, it's a club. You can nominate yourself and be voted at the, uh, like, annual general meeting. AGM, yeah. But when's the AGM? You find out, like, the, an hour before. Yeah, good luck being, a, like, just random getting on the club board. Exactly. Any footy club. Exactly. 
I don't know how you do that, actually. Yeah, so I know it's a. I feel like it's a, a quorum. You need a couple of people to nominate on the you. board. I know. I well, know you have to get tried. nominated from the board. I think as oh, and someone God. on the board has to basically vouch for you to get um an, a shot. I think this is so dodgy. It could also be completely wrong what I'm saying. So it's, no, just, yeah. Anyway, and by the way, all the clubs are like this. this isn't just yeah, the dogs. This, this is just literally written into the bylaws by the AFL. Yeah. Into the clubs because don't forget the clubs are all registered to the AFL. Because we really the dream is listeners, Tom Boyd on the board. No, no, no. Yeah, never, ever, 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 well, you, ever, what, ever. Okay, who do you want on the board? You or me? Exactly. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, if the question was who do you want, me actually, uh, I don't know, me or a fan? It's probably still me, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, you want you with your <laughs> brains and your and you, you're using the 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 yin part of the which what about the get, logic one? We, we what we need is a um we need a board translator like we need a Ooh, little like a little a like idea. fan translator who yeah. just goes to the board and says look what's actually going on here yeah and then they go okay here's what the fans actually need to know and then they sit down and yes it's a bit of to and froing. But the translation ends up being a bit more insight for the fans to actually go, hey, we're going to be okay or not in some real terms. Yep. And then when it's going really good, they can the fans can just pump it up to make it like sound like it's the best thing. That's, that's a ever. great idea. Okay, yeah. so then we get then you need both of us on the board, where no. you can you can <laughs> translate the business stuff to me, <laughs> yeah. and I'll translate the fan stuff to you. Yeah, and then we'll translate the board stuff together. Yeah, to, to the, the fence. fence. Yeah, this is I'll great. We should be ambassadors of the club. I don't want. I'm <laughs> sure after this episode, they're going to absolutely bring us in. <laughs> well, I don't, we didn't say anything that bad. We're just flat that the best bloke in history left the footy club. Like. Yeah, no, no, not left. Delisted. Yeah, that's what's anyway. flattening. Anyway, all right. Well, thank you for listening to our requiem for Mitch. Episode, yeah, that's the that's the title. I think requiem, requiem for a Wallace, Re- requiem for Wallace. Yeah, you f- you work with the words, but it's essentially that, isn't it? You, abs- I didn't know. I, and look, I will, you can put this at the start of the episode if you want. I didn't know I was going to do this going in. Like I, I was thinking about it in the car and the drive into the office to record this. It was like he deserves someone to go out there, and he doesn't know I'm doing this. I'm sure he won't listen to it. Um, he needs someone just to remind everyone just how much he did behind the scenes. Yep. For so many people when he didn't have to. So, go Mitch. Today's episode was proudly brought to you by 8 Star Energy. Creating energy for the future and power you can count on. Follow them on Facebook, 8 Star Energy. Give my childhood to that role Of the red, white and blue sea And the knowledge that you had to love The bulldog boys and me Twenty years on, I feel that longing Hanging in September air But the reason I go every week Is to pretend you're still there They will find the glory one day And I will throw it at your feet It's a long, long road they're running for you The dogs of Footscray Streets Long, long road they're running for you The dogs of Footscray Streets